4: This is the Tom Hartman program.
3: We are in a DEFCON one moment about Trump's big lie and why the Republican Party has enthusiastically embraced cruelty as a political strategy. A fascinating piece in the Tacoma News Tribune, a paper up here in the Pacific Northwest. They interviewed a bunch of Democratic strategists, and you know, President Biden's strategy with regard to re- referencing the former guy up to this point, has been by and large to just refer to him as the former guy and, you know, TFG <laughs> and um, and kind of downplay everything that happened during the Trump presidency, including the attempt to murder the vice president and the speaker of the House to build a gallows and hang these people. We still, by the way, have no idea who built this gallows, which is like got to be the biggest intelligence failure in history or you know they're sitting on this thing waiting for a trial or something like that but build a gallows really outside the capitol building and then and then hundreds of people march down the halls chanting hang my pens i think probably the most shocking thing is that two house staffers who were involved with communications between a number of members of congress and this is where it gets wild this included Mark Meadows, who was not a member of Congress. He formerly was a member of the so-called Freedom Caucus. I've referred to them as the Cokehead Caucus. They're the ones who are getting lots and lots of money from this right-wing billionaire network. Meadows was apparently in contact with these guys. This is the the Willard Hotel war room. The Willard Hotel is right across the street from the White House. It's like basically the closest hotel to the White House. You can see the White House from there. And... Uh, marjorie taylor green one of the organizers says i remember marjorie taylor green specifically i remember talking to probably close to a dozen other members at one point or another or their staffs that by members he means members of congress a dozen they're starting to name names uh, members who, who participated in these conversations i keep in mind this is planning for the assassination of the vice president of the united states and the speaker of the house of representatives or at least planning for the event in which that nearly happened. And they're saying that uh, the, these, these uh, whistleblowers, essentially, who are willing to have said, you know, yeah, we'll testify before Congress, but we're going to tell Rolling Stones reporters what's going on here. Uh, they said that uh, Paul Gosar, the uh, Republican uh, crackpot from Arizona, He's a former dentist. This is the guy, we had his brother on this program, what, about a year ago, Sean, maybe two years ago, saying, you know, my brother's mentally ill. He shouldn't be in Congress. Anyhow, Paul Gosar spoke at the so-called Stop the Steel" rally, saying it's, ta- it's time to take names and kick ass. Also, Lauren Boebert, Little Miss Gun Fetish, congressman mo brooks from alabama the the republican from alabama who also spoke at the rally wearing a bulletproof vest and this again keep in mind when trump and all these guys spoke at this rally they were also behind a wall of bulletproof plastic representative madison cawthorn the guy who couldn't you know who flunked out of trying to get into the navy and then got in a car accident He's in a, in a wheelchair, which seems to get him some, some uh, uh, sympathy on the right or something. Or I, I think a lot of people assume he's a war hero. No, he's a, he's, he's a privileged frat boy who likes to talk about revolution. He represents North Carolina in the House of Representatives. Andy Biggs from Arizona was apparently in on it, according to these whistleblowers talking to uh, Rolling Stone. And good old Louie Gomer, the Republican from Texas. The organizer says, we would talk to Boebert's team, Cawthorn's team, Gosar's team, like back to back to back. And then it gets really wild. Gosar told the people in the war room, according to these reports in, in Rolling Stone, Congressman Gosar told the people in the war room that Trump was going to issue a blanket pardon for them. Say What? A blanket pardon? We know we're committing treason here. We know we're committing sedition and insurrection. Let me remind you, U.S. Code 18 U.S. Code 2384 is titled Seditious Conspiracy. If two or more persons in any state or territory or in any place subject to the jurisdiction of the United States conspire to overthrow, put down, or destroy by force the government of the United States or to levy war against them or to oppose by force the authority thereof, or by force to prevent, hinder, or delay the execution of any law of the United States, or by force to seize, take, or possess any property of the United States, they shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 20 years. So here's these people planning this thing that could get them 20 years in prison for sedition, not to mention five people died and they were going to assassinate the vice president and the speaker of the house and paul gosar calls up and says according to this reporting in rolling stone and says uh donald trump is uh uh organizing, is offering a blanket part this is one of the people one of the whistleblowers says uh I, who is there our impression was that it was a done deal that he'd spoken to the president about it in the oval office in a meeting about pardons and that our names came up They were working on submitting the paperwork and getting members of the House Freedom Caucus to sign on as a show of support. He says they received several assurances about a blanket pardon from Gosar. He says, I was just going over the list. This is what Gosar said, according to this guy. This is the congressman from Arizona. I was just going over the list of pardons, and we just wanted to tell you guys how much we appreciate all the hard work you've been doing. Right. So they reached out to, um, to one particular uh, guy. Uh, this is uh, Dyer. He is uh, uh, the communications director for Marjorie Taylor Greene. And said, so what do you have to say about uh, Marjorie Trader Greene being involved in all this stuff? And he says, uh, no one cares about January 6th when gas prices are skyrocketing, grocery stores shelves are empty, unemployment is skyrocketing, businesses are going bankrupt, our border is being invaded, children are forced to wear masks, vaccine mandates are getting workers fired, and 13 members of our military are murdered by the Taliban. Right. I mean, it's like these guys live in an alternative universe ali alexander the guy who organized the uh the he called it the wild protest in a live stream broadcast that he has since deleted he says i was the person who came up with the january 6th idea along with congressman's gosar mo brooks and andy biggs quote end quote they also described katrina pearson She worked for Trump's campaign in both 2016 and 2020 as the key liaison. I'm quoting from the from the Rolling Stone as a key liaison between the organizers of protests against the election and the White House. The organizer says Katrina was like our go to girl. She was like our primary advocate. She also spoke at that rally on the Ellipse on January 6th. Both sources again from Rolling Stone. Both sources also described Trump's White House chief of staff. Mark Meadows as someone who played a major role in the conversations surrounding the protests. Concerns were raised to Meadows about the potential that it could spark violence. The organizer says Meadows is 100% made aware of what was going on. He's also like a regular figure in these really tiny groups of national organizers. Meanwhile, it's being reported that Donald Trump himself called the Willard Roar Room. According to a reporter who is present, this is Robert Costa of the Washington Post, He's got a long tweet thread about it, if you want to check that out. And Steve Bannon is now claiming, I mean, talk about flailing about. Steve Bannon is looking at going to prison, right? He's the criminal referral to a, to a federal grand jury, uh, probably this week. Keep in mind, it was a grand jury that kept Susan McDougall in prison for 18 months because she refused to testify against Bill Clinton in Whitewater she says that they were trying to get her to lie so now Steve Bannon is like we're crushing this illegitimate regime in its crib okay so Benny suck on that Betty Thompson is the chairman of the January 6th riot committee so do not think you're going to intimidate us in any way shape or form Bannon blusters and then he goes on to say uh, you know this is an outrage and and he mentions Merrick Garland's name Well, Garland was a circuit judge at the time.
4: This is the Tom Hartman Program.
3: But apparently Steve Bannon thinks he can intimidate Merrick Garland. Really? He's a friggin' circuit judge. He wasn't even in the... (laughs) Come on. This is the second time in the history of the United States it's becoming clearer and clearer. You know, the first time was in the spring of 1861 when after Abraham Lincoln was elected president... In November of 1860, you had about a dozen states just say, okay, that's it, we're out of here, and essentially declare war on the United States. This is the second attempt to overthrow the government of the United States in our history from within, and it needs to be dealt with as such. Do you think that they're going to get away with it? I'm starting to think that probably they won't, but we'll see. Okay, my rant today over at HartmanReport.com is titled Why the GOP Has Enthusiastically Embraced Cruelty. And and I, the essence of the rant is essentially, you know, cruelty is, is gaining some pleasure from the suffering of others. And the Republican Party is just like all in on this, right? I mean, you had Lauren Boebert and J.D. Vance both tweeting just, Terrible things about that young woman who was killed on the set of Alec Baldwin's movie. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, shouting slurs at Liz Cheney, Eric Swalwell sharing death threats that he's getting from Tucker Carlson's uh, viewers, from the Doughboys viewers. In Florida, Ron DeSantis has put uh, a hack who thinks that uh, ivermectin and, and uh, hydroxychloroquine, apparently, are okay remedies for COVID. In, in as his Surgeon General. This guy goes to visit the office, Senator Tina Polsky, who was just recently diagnosed with breast cancer and, you know, is being treated for breast cancer. She's immune compromised. He comes into her office along with his entourage and none of them are wearing masks. And she says, would you please wear a mask? And and he refused, and this is what she said. She said, uh, he just smiles and doesn't answer. He's very smug. And I told him several times, I have this very serious medical condition. And he said, oh, that's okay. Like it basically has nothing to do with what we're talking about, her asking him to wear a mask. It's the cruelty. And what is necessitated, what's an absolutely necessary precondition for cruelty is to view another person not as a human being, but as an other. And that's the key to the Republican strategy. Whether it's Trump otherizing immigrants, whether it's George W. Bush authorizing in- Muslims, whether it's or Dick Cheney or all the right-wing commentators, whether it's Fox News constantly otherizing black people and Black Lives Matter and so-called Antifa, otherizing is the key to their strategy. And now this has become the core of their strategy in Virginia.
4: You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. By
3: the way, otherizing typically has terrible consequences. It's what Hitler did with Jews. He otherized the Jews in Germany. Just to wrap up this whole cruelty thing, this was, this was a strategy that Newt Gingrich laid out. I mean, it goes back to Joe McCarthy, right? The, the Republican Party has been doing this since the 50s because they've really had nothing to offer the American people since the 1920s. It was, you know, they purged the the party of their progressives when they got rid of Teddy Roosevelt and and uh, William Howard Taft. In in you know, so in the election of 1920, when Warren Harding became president, the Republican that was that, that was like, you know, the end of progressive Republican, even reasonable Republicans, and ever since it's been just like you know a freak show, by and large. You know, with a singular exception, I think, of Dwight Eisenhower. Um, but you know joe mccarthy championed this uh, oh there's there's people among us who aren't even you know human beings and they they hate you know it's the uh, communists who have infiltrated the state department and 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 have infiltrated the 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 army in the mccarthy army hearings and then newt gingrich comes along with his word list you know Uh, Which includes words like, uh, you know, corrupt, insensitive, intolerant, failure, pathetic, radical, sick, they, them, traitor. And, you know, Republicans were memorizing his list. And then, you know, when Obama became president, you had the right-wing billionaires funding the so-called Tea Party movement throughout his presidency, just like they're now funding this, this hysteria at school boards all across the country. They just haven't branded it. They haven't called it a tea party, but it's like, you know, eventually somebody's going to brand this thing. And then on top of that, you've got social media that, you know, is looks for the most inflammatory content and then pushes it out to everybody that amplifies this in ways never before seen. I, I don't know if you've been catching the story. There's an amazing piece over at the Financial Times this morning about how, uh, Vietnam Vietnam is a you know, communist dictatorship, essentially. Although we get like 30, 30%, some amazing percentage of the imports into the United States are coming from Vietnam right now. They're following China's path. But they're cheaper than China. China has a growing middle class and they've developed an internal market. So anyhow, Vietnam had some, uh, shall we say, dissidents. And they asked Facebook to take them down to, to censor the dissidents. The dictators of Vietnam. And Mark Zuckerberg personally intervened because Facebook makes a billion dollars a year in Vietnam. Who knew? So anyhow, you've got that amplifying it. But yeah, you know, this is this is dangerous stuff. I mean Newt is still at this, pushing this otherization of people i got an email from him yesterday with all the anti-american propaganda coming from the left and their friends in the mainstream media this country is hardly recognizable wokeism is a cancer to american society as we know it president trump fought day and night to preserve our american identity could the dog whistle be any louder and now it's your turn to join him you white person And so now in the Virginia race, you've got right wing billionaires and people affiliated with them who are who are just pouring hysteria and money into this race about, you know, you get a Democrat, Terry McAuliffe, and they're going to be teaching critical race theory in the schools and everybody's going to have to wear a damn mask. Oh, my God. And if that works in Virginia, expect to see it happening all across the country as we go into the elections in in November of next year which is why it's so critical that we expose this scheme to tear america apart keep in mind joe mccarthy got shut down by being publicly shamed new gingrich got thrown out of congress because he was so corrupt so we you know we've got to out this stuff and if we fail to then you know we're going to go down the path of some of these countries that have embraced totalitarianism so anyhow picking picking up your phone calls here uh you know what a day huh uh mike in bonnie lake washington hey mike thanks for listening to kbcs what's up
1: really quick on the rolling stones article uh, a number of us last night did a deep dive through it i also posted the schedule for the one six committee when you read the article they refer to the two individuals as a planner and as an organizer now we've already had three individuals supposedly testify from the 11 subpoenas that were put out, mm-hmm. uh, Megan Powell's, Hannah Stone, and Lyndon Brednault. And, and then we have two more today and two more tomorrow. So one of the working theories is because they didn't receive the pardons, the blanket pardons, which they were really upset about, is that, okay, if they cooperate with the committee, then say, you know, report that they're cooperating with the committee, then, you know, maybe we have a Oliver North situation here. But nonetheless, some of us, and I put those underneath, in Twitter underneath your show. Yeah, is that, you are one. you uh,
3: Haggard or Ruby Worms? Yeah. Haggard? Haggard. Uh, yeah, okay. Hager. Yeah, Hager.
1: okay Ruby so. Worms is amazing. Yeah. And uh, Clearing the Fog is a great analyst. So those are great conversations if somebody wants to go through them.
3: Yeah, I just I just liked it. So it'll pop up on my feed if, if people want to go over and look at uh, Tom underscore Harbin on Twitter. And I see, you know, Megan Powers and Ali, Ali Alexander on the twenty fifth, all these depositions. This is fascinating stuff. Um, thank you for yes. that. Thank you, Mike.
0: No, no thank you.
5: thank you for all your good work.
3: Yeah, great to hear from you. I appreciate it. Uh, Dean in Ladera Ranch California says here that you think I'm saying untrue things. Say what?
5: You know, I don't watch your show that much you' on I'm on direct TV down here uh, you're between 347 and 349 which is uh, news maps. Anyway I get here on 346 but you know I, I was telling the uh, lady that I was talking to I'm a senior citizen I am 80 years old. I've been in politics since I was 16 years old. Uh, on one side of my family, Democrat, the other side, Republican. Anyway, to make a long story short, belonged to a union for 40-some years, active member, and uh, my card is 58 years What's old. What's your point, Dean? But my point is this. I listen to you, and I all I see is I don't see you give uh, you know Trump any credit for what he accomplished.
3: What did Trump and accomplish? They were the city. Pardon me? What did Trump accomplish? He, he, uh, he, I, as far as economy, I
5: can... Low, low unemployment...
3: Uh, Trump lost more jobs were lost during the Trump uh, presidency than any other presidency in the history of the United States.
5: That's not true. It that is, is true. true. You can look it up.
3: It's, yeah, it's, I have looked
5: it up. Yeah, you, know, it's, it's, you could, like you. You could
3: uh, you're, you're, a stronger argument for you, Dean, would be to say it wasn't Trump's fault. He couldn't, you know, he wasn't responsible for the virus. My response to that would be he was responsible for the incompetent response to the virus that according to The Lancet, the British medical journal, you know, that did an exhaustive study on this in the United States, um, at least 500,000 of the 700,000 dead Americans are directly dead as a result of Trump's incompetence. But you know, I mean, you, could, right. you could you still make the argument really, that it wasn't right. his fault. Sure. You know something,
5: you know, Thomas, you and the Democrats and the Dems and Biden are all alike. You spread that stuff
3: just like you want mandate. For- so, so what did what did Trump do to stop the virus, Dean? Please refresh my memory. Dean, apparently, Dean has hung up uh, on himself. Crime on oh. these ladies that there go to are. the
5: the the, board, the school board meetings and speak out because they don't want their kids indoctrinated and you people don't call
3: dean i'm your your phone is going in and out and i'm not doing that so uh, i i'm sorry i'm 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 gonna drop your call but you're welcome to call back and and try it again uh it's i just don't i don't get it you know donald donald trump saw this virus coming right he was notified of this virus in november of 2019 he alerted the Israelis in November of 2019, that there's something going on in Wuhan, China, by December, by Christmas of 2019, he knew what was going on. On on January 20th of 2020, we got our first case here in the United States. Taiwan got their first case the next day. Taiwan immediately went into a test and trace program because by this time, the genome of this thing had been broken and there were test kits available. And so Taiwan went into a test and trace and contact trace program. And throughout the entire entirety of 2020 in Taiwan, they had fewer than a dozen deaths. Donald Trump looked at this and said, well, you know, if this gets bad, it's going to hurt our economy. And if our economy goes down, I won't get reelected, which, by the way, is true. If you look at the history of presidential re-elections, what you find is that presidents running for re-election during times of poor economies t- tend to lose elections. Case in point, Jerry Ford, inflation. Jimmy Carter, inflation. I mean, it could bite Joe Biden in the butt. It's why everybody's screaming about inflation right now. But anyhow, Trump, Trump thought that he could push the economy. In fact, he, he, his one executive order was to force meatpackers back to work. You can't slow down, you know, American commerce even if you're going to die. Uh, that's amazing. Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Hey Dave, what's up?
0: Hey Tom, on the topic of illiberalism and anti-democratic, you know, actions by Trump and the Republicans, we need to really pay attention to what's going on in Sudan right now. And this is, you know, I mentioned
3: no, the Sudan, military coup like, over the weekend, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, and w- look, Russia, this is the Kremlin. This isn't Russia, all right? This is the Kremlin. And what they're doing is they're trying to make inroads into the military. So, in other words, and you've said it many times, they could. Uh, the Republicans could pick someone a little bit younger and a little bit more devious than Trump, and that would be even worse. And you're right, uh, the, the figurehead is not necessarily who they're going to um, do influence operations on, you know, Trump could um do something between now and the next election to, to spoil his chances with the kremlin but what they really want to do is influence the military and uh all right case in point you mentioned madison cawthorne madison cawthorne is ironically will get more props for being in the military than than uh mark milley uh, he was never in that, the military
3: that, he couldn't get in is he couldn't pass the physical
0: that's right, but you see how but before he was injured. But the way Madison Cawthorn talks is ideologically parallel. All right, yeah. like for instance, Millie he they he's will a, say a, he's a veteran, right? And Millie they will say is under the influence of global Marxists like Tom Hartman and stuff like that. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, it's not yeah. me. It's yeah, them. I get okay? it.
3: So, so it's Dave, that. as a former uh, American intelligence officer, you are you are asserting that the uh, I'm, I'm assuming, from indirect information rather than direct information, that the military coup in Sudan. I've been in South Sudan. It's it's uh, uh, you know. In fact, I was in South Sudan at the time that Bashir was running Sudan and was and was you know uh, letting the Janjaweed go nuts in Darfur. We were 15 miles from the Darfur border. We had we had 40,000 refugees with us. Um, uh, so you're you're asserting that this. That this the military coup was was prompted by, by Russia. Why?
0: Well, because all right, they raided the FBI raided Oleg Deripaska's Washington D.C. residence and New York apartment. What does that Oleg have to do with Sudan? All right, Danny Prigozhin and Oleg Deripaska they finance things through uh, Putin. they finance whatever Putin tells them. And right now it's the Wagner Group. The Wagner Group is uh, private mercenaries, and the and they're in they're in Sahara. They're in the Sahara. And also, the Wagner Group was influencing the military in Sudan. And also, Wagner Group has connections to Eric Prince and and, uh, my old buddy, um, General, um, uh, you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, the National Security Advisor. Mike Flynn? um, Mike Flynn, yeah. Yep, yep. That's how they get access. You knew Mike Flynn? I knew him for thirty years. Yeah, <laughs> I can't stand him. That's why I forget his name. I have some defense mechanism, Tom. I mean, I know this isn't the Tom Hartman psychiatry show, but sometimes I block out Mike Flynn because he's really, really bad, and in my opinion, and um, they're they're pushing this ill liberal stuff like extrajudicial killings. Right? Uh, Floyd George Floyd was an extrajudicial killing, but but. Russia and Flynn and all of them are going to say, look, these are normal. These are weak, weak, uh, liberal, uh, Marxist in America. You know, you don't really have a problem, et cetera, et
3: cetera. Okay. Well, fascinating stuff, Dave. You know, I don't know what to do with it. Um, Fascinating stuff. It's 48 minutes past the hour. We'll be back with more of your calls in just a moment. It's the Tom Harbin program helping you win the water cooler wars. What did Trump, you know, to, to, uh, I think his name was Dean, uh, the, the earlier caller, Defending Trump. And what did Trump do? You know, I, th- I think the one thing he really did that was useful. Hang on just a i I'll tell you.
4: You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit Tom Hartman for audio and video archives.
3: He openly, as a Republican, attacked neoliberalism, free trade. And I thought, you know, he didn't do anything real effective about it. But I thought it was a good thing that he brought that up. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally-sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, the two ends, or enter the code Hartman, the two ends before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity, and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro-kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance, so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week, delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide
1: detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's
3: sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Hey, Morris in Long Beach, California. Hey Morris, what's on your mind today?
4: Yeah, good morning, everybody. Yes, uh, Professor. I was watching Fox Live last night, and I had no sellout, but they were the only ones that was carrying the program. And the program that I'm talking about is uh, Merrick Garland was testifying before the Judiciary Committee, you know, the one that Jim Jordan is on. And so when Jim Jordan got up there to speak, all he could talk about was the Southern border, uh, a lot of crazy things, always changing the narrative, right? right. Uh, but I believe that Merrick Garland, um, uh, Merrick Garland is our salvation to protect democracy. I really do. Uh, I was listening to the program again last night, and there was one lady that was asking him questions about when he was a clerk, when he was a judge, and a couple of congressional laws. And she asked him, now, the speaking code, the speaking code, she asked him, do you think that's a good law? And he said, yes, I know what was going on. And keep in mind that... Which Mayor law
3: Gordon, are we talking about here, Morris?
4: Uh, these are different laws that uh, Mayor Garland has supported as a judge, as okay. a clerk, okay. and as uh, some of the things that Congress had passed. Sure, okay. Right. Did, did she feel Did he believe the? with those good laws. Now, uh, one of the reasons why I know he's going to go after them and take his foot and go all the way up with it is because they denied him a chance to make history. The Republicans denied Merrick Garland a chance to make American history by being on the Supreme Court. Right. Now, people may not know this, but Clarence Thomas, well, I know if you listen to this program, you know, but I'm talking about outside of Tom Harper's program. Uh, people may not know this, but uh, 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 Clarence Thomas wife, uh, Jenny Thomas from Tea Party, right. she's the one that set up that, that gave, uh, got the permits for that rally on, on January the 6th. Right. I guarantee you he's going to call her in. Okay? The Republicans are going to pay for that January 6th hearing. And one of the things that uh, Mary Garland did I thought was really sharp, really sharp, when Papa Joe said that those folks should be prosecuted, he jumped out there and he told everyone, hold on everybody, we independent over here. We're independent over here. And that was a smart move because there's yeah. no way you tie him into like the Democratic Party or all that other good stuff, right? right. So I believe that Mary Garland is going to save democracy. And that, that, that fool you had in the 50s that was putting everybody on blast and they were communists, yeah, he Joe may McCarthy. not be that. Joe McCarthy. Thank you. for so many things. Joe McCarthy. He may not be a, a Mr. McCarthy spirit, but it's going to be the same thing because we're talking about people who are anti-democracy. Right. They should be jailed prosecuted, all their assets taken away from them. This is not about Republican or Democrat, y'all. This is about preserving the system we got right here. And God I know it ain't been perfect, it hasn't been perfect, look at the history, but it's all we got. So let's protect it. And I think that Mayor Garland is gonna be the guy on the white horse that's gonna take us all the way. That's just my opinion.
3: Well, that's Thank interesting. You. I mean, you know, he, he has, yeah. he did push back against, you know, when Biden said, yeah, you know, the folks should be prosecuted. And, and Garland was like, no, that's my choice. Uh, you know, that's, that's my right. department. And and, and I, I think more than anything else, that was his way of saying, I'm not Bill Barr. I'm not just a toady for the president. Uh, this is an independent agency. We're going to preserve our independence. We're going to respect our independence. We're going to operate with independence, um, you know, which means that we can hold anybody accountable. Um, I, you know, it's he, he's got a big job, but he's also got an agency that is still riddled with Trump appointees. I, you know, it's,
4: which he was talking about the law if they stick to the law there's going to be a lot of hairs rolling professor if they stick to the law there's going to be a lot of hairs rolling yeah thank you
3: you're welcome thank you morris yeah this this uh... this rolling stone article is uh... combined with the washington post revelations this morning is pretty shocking stuff you know that that, the donald trump mark meadows and at least a dozen members of the u.s house of representatives were actively involved in trying to overthrow the government of the United States. And whether they knew that this crowd was going to try to assassinate the vice president, the Speaker of the House, or not, is almost after the fact. I mean, you know, if you help a bank robber, you're guilty of bank robbery. Adam in New Orleans, Louisiana. Hey Adam, what the, what's up?
5: You quoted the law about is seditious, seditious conspiracy and asked the question, will we get away with this? I've seen nothing from the president or the Justice Department to suggest that they're taking this with the appropriate level of seriousness. The Justice Department is, is requesting shockingly minimal penalties for convictions. Accountability seems to be being mishandled as a political issue. It, it makes no sense to me. And I'm so to your question, are they going to get away with it, as, as terrible as the answer sounds unless the justice department starts doing their job i'm gonna say yeah yeah
3: well one of two things is going to happen adam or maybe maybe more than two but you know one is that uh, one possibility here is that the people who are getting the minimal sentences and i've been watching these and and horrified by it too by the way um uh, are the people who just got sucked into it who, who you know facebook just pushed and pushed and pushed all kinds of crazy crap into their into their facebook feeds and and they got radicalized and they and they believed the lies and they were true believers and they thought they were doing the right thing to save our republic and those people are not getting prison sentences they're getting fines and you know a week in jail kind of stuff but they have not to the best of my knowledge the justice department has not begun serious prosecution of the people involved in the leadership of this the planning of it the organizing of it and there there is a grand jury that is operating in that space and grand juries are black holes you know nothing comes out of them you have no idea what's going on until they drop their their charges so i'm told to hear that yeah Seriously, i didn't know about the grand jury oh yeah and and so either you know the 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 ceiling's going to fall in on the on the planners on the people who actually have culpability or it's not. I mean, that's what it comes down to, and that's going to be up to the Justice Department by and large. Also you've got the, the, other, the other piece of this is that the January 6th Commission in, in the U.S. House of Representatives and in the Senate, they are, they are you know, seriously subpoenaing everybody involved in this thing. And they, they have the ability to make a criminal referral to the Justice Department also, which would then invoke another grand jury. So I don't think that this is, I don't think we're anything close to the end of this thing. And my sense of it, Adam, is that, is that uh, the Republican strategy is to try to run out the clock in the belief that they can shut down the committee after the November elections if the Republicans take back control of the House, so they can shut down the committee after the, you know, after the first week of January when they all get sworn in of next year. Um, and, and, and the Democrats are trying to make everything happen fast enough that they won't be you know, able to run out the clock. And I think that's gonna be, that's the big race, at least in Congress. What's going on in the Justice Department? That's a good question. Adam, thank you for the call. A Couple of things I wanted to flag for your attention. First of all, members of Congress being involved in an attempt to assassinate the Vice President of the United States and the Speaker of the House of Representatives, and perhaps others. I mean, let's not forget, five people died on that day and three more have died since then. A number of members of the House of Representatives are now saying that these specific members who were named by the, uh, by the coordinators, uh, by, by one of the planners and one of the uh, uh, people working in the Willard Hotel in that war room on January 5th and 6th, that was paid for, by the way, with $55,000 of Trump campaign cash. So therefore there is no executive privilege around this. There's no executive privilege around campaign activity, period, never has been. But these, these members of Congress, uh, specifically Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, Lauren Boebert, Mo Brooks, Madison Cawthorn, Andy Biggs, and Louis Gohmert, there's a number of members of Congress who are now saying these people should be expelled. They should not even be in this body this uh, starts Alexandria casio cortez You know, of course, she's going to get first billing in the media. But she's kind of a media star. But anyhow, she says, Any member of Congress who helped plot a terrorist attack on our nation's capital must be expelled. Those responsible remain a, dam- a danger to our democracy, our country, and human life in the vicinity of our capital and beyond. Then uh, Congressman Richie Torres, Democrat from New York, uh, slams what he calls a cabal. of of republican lawmakers who were identified in that rolling stone article he says they not only incited but also aided and abetted the insurrection he goes on to say there's no place for insurrectionists in the u.s congress expel any and all accomplices that was richie torres then congressman eric swalwell who by the way over the weekend uh put on his uh on on some website I, i don't recall exactly where but he published the death threats that he and his children and and wife are getting uh, by telephone, among other things, from people who have watched Tucker Carlson on Fox, so-called news. So he comes out, Eric Swalwell comes out and says, uh, "You know, yeah, we need to remove any members who are who partic- participated in the seditious conspiracy." Uh, then Cicilline. Another Democratic member of Congress tweets, any member who had knowledge of or helped plan the January 6th attack on the Capitol needs to be immediately expelled from Congress. They cannot be trusted with the future of our democracy and our country. So, you know, hopefully things are moving in a positive direction. Is it your sense that these guys are going to get away with this? It looks to me increasingly like like basically everything's coming unraveled, like the truth is coming out, which I think is a really good thing. I mean, obviously, you know, time will tell, but, uh, and, and have you caught any pieces of this story that I might have missed? I mean, this, this is, we're talking about what appears to me to be the second attempt to overthrow the government of the United States, the first being back in 1861. Jules, Whittier, California. Hey, Jules, thanks for listening to KPFK. What's up?
6: Oh, uh, I just want to mention to you, Tom, I love your show, uh, that uh, when the um, uh, Trump people or Trump himself refused to abdicate or step down, let's say, um, at that moment in time, it seems to me that was treason. Um, And all these Republicans are all lined up to agree with that. That's all treason as well. It's like I, the elephant. I, I think it's in probably the, more in the sedition
3: than treason, Jules, because treason involves giving aid yeah, and comfort right. to an enemy during time of war. But I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, that's
6: true. Yeah, it's like the the elephant, the alpha elephant in the room here, who uh, nobody uh, recognizes. So I just wanted to make that point that uh, they're all undermining. Like Hitler, you know, Hitler went after the Justice Department. You know, that was. Himmler and hitler they conspired to get rid of the justice department in in germany right uh, among other things so so that's what they're doing that's what trump is doing exactly the same um you know playbook i find it fascinating uh,
3: that steve bannon is out there on his podcast he's he's now a podcaster right this is his new incarnation Mm -hmm. and he's out there on his podcast ranting about merrick garland when merrick garland had nothing to do with anything like i said he was a district court judge at the time and, uh, you see, go ahead. You see,
6: uh, 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 Tom, their their strategy, one of them, uh, very effective, is diversion. Yeah. If you start talking about one point, they're going to immediately go to another point. Yep. You see what I mean? That's yeah, just like Marjorie Taylor Greene's M-O. spokesperson did. Yeah, I'm, yeah. They I'm, will not stick. They will not stay on topic. Uh, they're not capable of arguing their side. So they have to divert. That's that's my view. Anyway. Yeah.
3: yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, Jules, thank you. Well said. Chris in Littleton, Colorado. Hey, Chris, what's up?
5: Yeah, Tom, uh, our democracy is way too important. Uh, we need to hold these Republican insurgents uh, severely and criminally responsible for their actions.
3: I agree, including the guy at the top, Donald Trump.
5: Oh, absolutely. He's, you know, He's following Putin's plan to the letter, you know. And uh, Hillary actually won by three million votes. Yeah, who I know. investigated I know.
3: the uh, Trump law? You know, became president because of a loophole called the uh, called the uh, Electoral College.
5: Yeah, and who is who investigated the Electoral College officials to see how they benefited from?
3: Yeah, well, there's the, you know there, there there's not there's no there there, uh, Chris. But you know the the reality is that the Electoral College is a remnant of the era of slavery, and you know needs to be nuked. <laughs> I mean, just and it almost was back in the mid 1970s. Congress came within three votes of uh, ending the ending the electoral college and they damn well should have but then of course the supreme court got into the act and said you know money is free speech and the billionaires started pouring money into politics and all of a sudden hey we like the electoral college because it elects republicans we'll be right back joe in mcminnville oregon hey joe thanks for watching us on free speech what's up I just wanted to say thank you, because
5: you're honest. I was a man, a man that watched Fox News all the time, and all I ever asked is be honest with me. And then I found out all he did was lie to me. Wow. And I come so close to voting for Trump twice that, I mean, I've been brainwashed. For, I'm 70 years old. I have had two stepdads, just like Trump. And mm-hmm. so I've been brainwashed all my life, apparently. Yeah. And
3: So, um, so Joe, how did you uh, how did how did you um, break out of the Fox News bubble? Uh, my wife, she but did. I, I've been married three
5: times now, uh-huh. and my wife. It, it, I wish I'd have met her. I'm 13 years
3: older than her, but yeah. you know. Anyway, um, she she turned you on to our she show.
5: She Asked me to, to to watch you, and so I did. And huh. first, I disagreed with you, and then more I watched, I said this man is telling me the truth, how about that? And so um, I appreciate you so much and- Well, thank you, Joe. I do donate a little bit to you every month and- Well, took uh, Free Speech
3: TV anyway, yeah, which, is, which carries our right. program. Thank you for that, Joe. And Joe, it's, you know, props to your wife. Uh, and, and, and let me say to anybody who might be, you know, a recent Fox watcher, viewer who is watching this show, if you can identify anything that I'm saying that's not truthful, let me know, and I will correct it on the air. We, uh, we really value honesty and accuracy on this program. And, you know, occasionally I get things wrong and I do and I do make it right. But uh, Joe, thank you. I gotta, I gotta move along and thank you for the call. And thanks for your kind words. And uh, say hi to your wife for me. Uh, I wish you the best. Uh, Joe, thank you. Paul in Woodinville, Washington. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind today?
2: Well, I really, uh, and more truth for Joe there, thanks. Uh, I, I left the call with uh, your Trump supporter, Dean. And you know we need more truth. I, I would pay. I move that if Dean calls back, that Tom gives him a full segment because I really want to hear a long uh, debate. I
3: was willing, willing to, to do that, trouble. Paul. His phone was breaking up so badly that you, I couldn't yeah. tell what he was saying. It was real, real unfortunate because I thought, wow, I've got a conservative here who is not trying to scream obscenities at me or shout me down. Uh, which is what well, usually happens, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, and he, the I, whole thing about the Trump economy, the big, that's the other big lie, that it was so great. Trump's economy was not as good as Obama's second term. Correct. As a matter of fact, in the, the third and fourth quarter of 2019, before COVID hit, he was flirting with recession. Yep. The, the, the highest quarter that Trump had was second quarter of 2019 was 3.1% growth. And I remember this distinctly because they it was projected to be 4.1% and the media said that's the highest in four years. Now what was four years before? <laughs> 20 Obama right. 4.1% right. Right. in second quarter of 2015. And at, that remember second quarter of 2019 was Trump's uh, tariffs. After the tariffs, third quarter of 2019 1.9%, fourth quarter of 2019 oh he eats out 2.1 percent he just barely barely averted a, uh, a yeah a, but a, paul I'm,
3: I'm getting uh between three and seven fundraising emails every single day from donald trump and people associated with him and at least once a day he says i brought you the best economy in the history of america um well, I, he brought you the biggest
2: crash as you are correct He brought the biggest economic crash in the history of the world in real dollars. The economy contracted 31 percent through COVID. And you're right. He could argue that it wasn't all his fault, but I would argue it was mostly his fault. Actually, the Great Recession, the contraction was only about 24 percent. Well, well, and I, the great recession
3: yeah and i was telling the story of taiwan taiwan um actually never really seriously shut down throughout all all of 2020 taiwan because they had contact tracing and testing uh program and they were isolating people with COVID, they continued functioning you know i mean we you know we're still buying products from taiwan you know all of the yeah, uh, and, and the, the the states that you mentioned all have
2: minimum wage. That's the federal minimum, and and many of them have. I think all of them do have sub-minimums for workers like uh, uh, you know, uh, restaurant server can make as little as two dollars an hour because they're planning on tips. Now, if you if you're getting tips in two bucks an hour and nobody's coming in and nobody has any money anyway well, uh, you know, you might as well stay home. Yeah. What are you going to do with
3: that? Yeah. What, you know what, what is happening like- here, Paul, is that America is splitting into two economies. You've got the blue state economy where people are prosperous and they get good educations and and, you know, life is pretty reasonable. And then you've got the red state economies where literally, uh, you know, Mississippi's experiencing right now a massive wave of hookworm infections, something that typically happens in third world countries.
2: Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they have. And and, and that that you're 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 coming my way, Tom. I, you'll eventually you'll get there with me is that that's the way we're going to solve this is to make it clear that it's a two economy nation, the blue and the red, and that they are the ones who are the bloodsuckers. They are the parasites on the blue states. Um, and but the I'll get into this later because I know you're out of time, but we're testing for authoritarianism, uh, Tom, because. A republic, a democratic republic, is dependent on the fact that everybody agrees to play nice in the sandbox. And when one faction decides, no, we don't have to, we don't have to be nice, well, then you end up with the way the Roman Republic ended, and we came to authoritarianism under Augustus, who was a good emperor, but somebody had to take control. And the way I'm saying that, they're saying, I don't have to be nice. I went to one of those school board meetings in enemy territory, Tom, last summer, and what, a guy wanted to fight me, literally, because he was yelling, we don't have to be nice. Wow. And I said, we heard you the first time. He told me to shut the F up right in my face. Wow. And, yeah,
3: he yeah. wanted to fight. And, you've, and now, I mean, just some amazing reporting uh, on how right-wing billionaires are actually funding this whole movement to attack school yep. boards. It's incredible. Paul, thank you. It's always good to hear from you. George in Chicago. Hey, George, what's on your mind today?
7: Well, we talked last week, Tom, about the ongoing conflict in Chicago between Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the Fraternal Order of Police.
3: Yeah, and I asked you to keep me up to date. What's going on? Well, the
7: serious shortage of police officers that was uh, feared might occur over the weekend didn't happen. Um, The city basically backed off a bit and slow-walked uh the sanctions that was going to impose
3: this um, is around a vaccine mandate right
7: not precisely right now while well, the city is
3: quick math the less your business spends on operations on multiple systems on delivering your product or service the more margin you have and the more money you keep with higher expenses on materials employees distribution and borrowing everything costs more netsuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting financial management inventory hr By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. NetSuite.com slash Hartman. That's NetSuite.com slash Hartman.
1: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle, find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
7: Asking not just police officers, but all city employees to do is to log on to a city portal and answer one of two questions are you vaccinated or are you not vaccinated that's, that's all that's going on right now <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me um, by the end of last week the police union had sued the mayor and the city uh, to get the court order to, for them to stop that's still pending the city filed against John Catanzara the uh, head of the FOP Uh, because he was making public statements and uh, social media posts and other communications telling his membership to disobey the lawful orders of of the city mayor. And uh, the uh, circuit court judge that heard the case uh, put a gag order on a cotton and said that he was not to make any statements in that regard, uh, which he promptly disobeyed he issued another statement which he thought was skating right up to the edge of where he wasn't supposed to go but um the city has asked that this order be reinforced because not only has he not stopped making statements other officers of the union have been making statements in his steads and there have been email blasts and other things Mm. um but the situation as it is now is that um what the city's been doing is bringing in non-compliant officers and uh, groups each day this week, and counseling them about what they're being asked to do and what the consequences are if they don't. Uh, so far, most of it seems like most of the cops who've been brought in have uh, logged onto the portal and answered one of the two questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they. Early in the week, they had relieved about 20 officers of their badges, IDs, and police powers because they wouldn't comply. I don't know what the number is today, but I'm pretty right. sure it's probably less than 100.
3: Yeah, Jay Inslee, uh, by the way, just just for context, in Washington State, just north of me, uh, you know, he had a mandate that was statewide for all the state employees, and uh, there's tens of thousands of cops in Washington State who are, you know, employees of the state. And uh, he fired 232, as I recall. It was something like that. It was just a little over a couple hundred uh, police for refusing to get vaccinated. And that was just a drop in the bucket. And they don't think it's gonna affect public safety at all. And, and like I keep saying, you know, you wanna know who the right-wing crazies are who are believing this QAnon BS and therefore represent a threat to public safety. They're the ones who are refusing to get vaccinated. So fire them.
7: Yes. Um the police are making a mistake here if they think Lori Lightfoot's going to back off. She's a right. former prosecutor, and
3: she's, she's very tough stubborn and
7: in her ways. Um, the point she made in a press conference earlier this week that this was not sprung on anybody as a surprise. Uh, beginning a few weeks ago, the city had talks with all 38 of the unions that represent city employees, including police and fire. And it was explained to all of them what was going to be required. And currently, um, most of uh, these other unions uh, are close to 100% compliance. 13 city departments are 100%. The only ones who are dragging down the city's average are police and fire. Um, And what's also annoying at this time is uh next door red state indiana politicians have been posting snarky notices that uh chicago cops quit chicago and come work here We'll love you i saw the story on drudge (laughs) yeah (laughs) and even the head of the indiana state police went public with that it's like for the head of one state police agency to interfere in the police department of another state is pretty heinous as far as i'm concerned i agree um the other thing i'd like to bring up is um nationwide latest statistics are that both last year and this year more cops died from the covid than from being shot correct uh currently this year the number of police died from covid is something over 230 uh one-fourth of that number has been shot
3: um right and not just being shot by the way more cops have died from covid than from all other causes combined
7: And the point that the point that the mayor and her people are trying to make is uh, if you're a fully vaccinated police officer and you've got to spend eight hours in a patrol car with a police officer who isn't, if he's if he's carrying the virus, which is a pretty good bet, uh, even though you're probably not going to get sick or die from it, you're going to bring it home. And if your kids are going to get it or maybe your uh, father or mother or grandparent who is immunocompromised. So this is a public safety matter, and first responders should be conscious of the fact that we're all counting on them to protect us, not only from people with guns and knives, but from people carrying the virus. And since they're in and out of houses and and bars and fights and, and jails, you know, they're coming in contact with all kinds of people. They can right. be picking it up 20 times a day.
3: Sure. And if they come to my house because I had a heart attack and they just happen to be the closest first responder, I don't want them breathing COVID all over me as they're trying to save my life.
7: Exactly. And bottom line right now is that according to our uh, the police chief, Superintendent Brown, uh, he believed that uh, there's significant movement within the police force from the uh vaccine resistors. He believed that by the end of business Wednesday, 68 percent of those who had been brought in for counseling would comply. And he was reasonably optimistic that by close of business this coming Monday, 80 percent would have complied. Yeah. And again, this is only to go to a portal and say, yes, I'm vaccinated or no, I'm not vaccinated. Eventually, there will be a requirement. Right. I'm not sure what the data is for but New York City just announced that as of November 1st, they want all of their employees
3: vaccinated. Right. And this is, I mean, you know, United Airlines did this for their 67,000 employees. or Maybe it was 57,000. And they had, what, 130 some odd people who, who lost their jobs. I mean, everybody else is vaccinated. And, and which raises an interesting question, George, because Delta Airlines two days ago backed down to a huge pressure campaign. They're based in Georgia in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, right wing and Republican politicians there, they they don't want the COVID pandemic to stop because it's crippling the economy. And that makes Republicans very, very happy because Democrats are in charge. And so they, they did this whole pressure campaign on Delta Airlines. And so Delta Airlines now has stopped the COVID mandate for their employees. I'm telling you, if I was getting on an airplane tomorrow. I'd be on United instead of Delta. And I love Delta. I've got, you know, millions of miles on Delta. I'm a flying colonel. I've been flying that airline since I lived in a, in uh, in Atlanta back in the 80s. and uh, But I, you couldn't get me on a Delta airplane right now because they don't require all their employees to be vaccinated.
7: Well, and in the enclosed environment of an airplane. Yeah, uh, yeah. The potency and of this the person's going to be handing me a drink? Really? One more quick thing is that we spoke last week about the fact that uh, the Chicago Police Department, I believe, the uh, ordinance and statutes give it a maximum force of fourteen thousand five hundred sworn officers, and we're so, we've been several thousand below that for quite a few years. Right. Recent retirements in the police department were over nine hundred, yeah. and the most recent graduating class of the academy was only seven hundred and something. So this issue's got to be resolved because yeah. the, the police department is still shrinking.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm with you. We're seeing the same thing here in Portland. But Although the one thing that does seem to be constant across police departments is that the people who are retiring, um, even when they're saying it's because of the COVID requirement, they're the ones who have got enough time in that they can actually take retirement. And uh, so, you know, that's happening. George, thanks for the call.
4: Listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.
0: Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time?